0: Old oh, Alistair's a lot harder. Yeah, look, I'm not wriggling. You're just a wriggler. Old oh, Alistair's a lot harder. Hello, and welcome to Different Times Podcast. Sorry we've missed a few weeks, but it's fucking hard being a podcaster. You don't even know. What do you know, Waller?
1: I I don't even know. I have also been podcasting in this little break, though, Dan, so... I don't know. I don't know if your your facts work. But you're in a band. You've been doing that. Barely.
0: What else have you been doing? Nothing. Have you listened to any music? You lit it loads. That's why we're here, because... There was so much to talk about. And I, on the way here, I forgot about one that was too late to tell you to listen to. Save it for next two weeks. So yeah. that's that's news.
1: That's news. So now you're going to alternate band, podcast, band, podcast. That's the current plan.
0: Yeah. Everywhere. I only get one night out a week. <laughs> that's all you need. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well,
1: um, let's kick it off. So, Daniel, this I sent to you. Converge. Blood Moon. <laughs> Blood Moon. See,
0: stop fucking calling it Converge. It's rude, Paul. What, but it is Converge. No. What is it? It's Converge with Chelsea Moon. Chelsea Wolf? Chelsea Moon. It's a different bands you don't know about. It. <laughs> it's a new one. <laughs> <laughs> Chelsea <laughs> Wolf. I don't know where I got Moon from. But yeah, now it, it was one of my points that I wrote down. It bugs me that everyone even says, oh, it's Converge or it's Converge with Chelsea Moon, but it's not. Wolf! What am I getting moon from? Because it's called Blood Moon. All oh, right. Anyway, yeah, it's not it's Blood, Wolves? Blood Wolves. Blood Wolves—that's a good name for a band. Anyway, what annoys me is it's oh. Converge, Chelsea Wolf, Chelsea Wolf's bass player Ben Chisholm from her band, and also a fucking legend of hardcore Stephen Brodsky from Cave In. So this is
1: some of—not all of—but some of the lineup that was on that Converge Blood Moon tour. So that's what's going on there. So maybe this is the Converge band. Because the album's coming out and it's called Blood Moon Part 1, I think. Something like that. Yeah. And it's going to have different members in there. I think Brodsky's like a key component of this. So So he's
0: certainly... Because there's only been one song released so far. And he's certainly in that. Have you watched the video? No. It's really weird. He's got an acoustic guitar. Even though he's playing and rocking out and doing rock poses. But... (laughs) Cool. <laughs> it's like really heavy, weird music, and it's like he went in. And he was like, "Oh shit, I forgot my guitar." And someone went, "Oh, I'll just use this one, Stephen Brodsky. It's acoustic, but no one will know." It. So, so sorry. He's in the video. He's got an acoustic guitar. Yeah,
1: and he's doing metal poses with it.
0: Not metal, but his moves. <laughs> he's beyond genre. Yeah, he is beyond genre. Favourites. and he does a little duet with Jacob Bannon at the beginning. So, you know. Oh, that's
1: both of them, is it? Yeah,
0: that's the bit I don't like of the song. You like it when it gets all like high pitchy
1: and. <sighs> it reminds me of that Jacob Bannon solo solo project, "Where Your Wounds,"
0: I think it was called. That's right. I didn't like it that much. That yeah, was all right, but I, in the guitars, I can certainly hear a lot of Stephen Brodsky's like sparkliness and tone in the guitars. Obviously, as well as what's his name, Kurt Balloon.
1: Was it a good move to release this song? called Blood Moon, I think. Yeah. um, Was it a good move to release this as your taster for the album? Are you actually excited about it coming out?
0: Well, I like this, but I don't want a fucking 11-song album of this. Yeah. I want it to be sprawling and massive and epic. For me, it's got to be a headphones album where you're listening to it, picking out different bits here and there, working out who's done what.
1: Yeah, I can see that. I think this is track one. It is. It's the opener. So, okay, so, yeah, sometimes you stick a track one on and it's not really representative of what else is going on in the record, so maybe. We've got other Converge news, depending on how... You define news. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, it's well good, I love it. Yeah, so depending on how you define news, talk us through what what's what's happened. You sent me this thing before it sort of spread all over the internet. It got big you... quick, didn't it? It really
0: did. They found the original picture that Jane Doe came from, the artwork for Jane Doe. Uh, Who's they? Are the internet people. <laughs> yeah, the internet. <laughs> and tell
1: people what it is, if they're living under a rock and
0: they don't know. Yeah, they found the original article with the Jane Doe lady on, from the front cover of the album, and it was from *Mary Claire magazine, and she's a model called Audrey Marnay. Now... At first of all, it was, to be honest with you, at first, I thought, oh, cool, someone has, like, been a bit subversive, and you, who knows Jane Doe, and made a model pose the same as Jane Doe, Yeah. and then clearly no, I'm an idiot, and that's just the bit of magazine that he stole to make his, because it's all collages and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though, originally, I thought it was something that, I thought he drew everything, like, hands or on a computer. Sure, sure. But, you know, it doesn't matter. Collage is cool for, like... Eight and (laughs) nine-year-olds. Wow, wow. Okay, well, what I found
1: interesting was that when you sent me it, I went and found the original source and I read the comments because I'm well into gossip. I'm like, hello, Jacob Bannon has just, like, nicked this thing and sort of not expressed where he's got it from or anything like that. If you look on the Jane Doe album notes,
0: it's not on there. Yeah, but there was in the little leaflet thing, there was tons of shit like this. That's just the bit that, of course, of course, he used for the front cover. I imagine he'd forgotten where he got it from by the time it was finished. Well, there was five months in between Mary Claire coming
1: out and Jane Doe coming out, so that's a weird thing because you would think it's going to take a lot longer than five months to get your artwork together. I don't know if that's all you're doing every day, yes. Okay. So I, I did a little digging, right? So in the, in the, what people were answering on the internet, they said that he, Jacob had done an interview recently about the artwork on one of the anniversaries uh, of Jane Doe and said that he hadn't got the model from anywhere. It was just something that he put together out of his own mind. But that's just someone commenting on the internet. You don't know that. And then Jacob Bannon put a response up himself on Twitter or Instagram or something like that and he just said, um, "Yeah, it's one of the sources that I used for this collage, which is like a Xerox, a Xerox of a Xerox of a Xerox of a Xerox." Yeah. And I was just like, "Well, what do you mean it's one of? It's the main thing. It's totally the main thing." And I, I love how Audrey said, sort of acted, converge. Yeah, guys, we need to talk. <laughs> guys, we need to talk. And like, I think that's great, right? But you have to credit your sources. Like, from the off, if you're going to do that sort of thing, you have to credit it. What I would imagine will happen here, a bit of money will exchange from Epitaph uh, under the table sort of thing, and it will just go away, and that's the way it is. But, yeah, she was right. She put pictures of mugs, of merch, of people's tattoos. tattoos. Yeah,
0: imagine finding out, like, one day, oh, you're a hardcore fucking legend masterpiece of artwork. Also, there's the cynical side of me that says this was all set up because the twentieth anniversary is coming up soon, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, could be. Like, I mean, this isn't a major story, but it is a
1: major for for hardcore fans of that time. Like, it was a huge, huge part of their lives. Of and afterwards, for years going on, like you would get to a certain point. Where you either go, if you're metal, I think, you go to the Napalm Death Route and then you vouch off. And if you're hardcore, you go to this Converge side of things, which are the, like, the two most acceptable extreme ends of music. And then you go off and you venture out. And before you know it, you're listening to Frontier Everyday or whatever. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I just think it's really important in our world. Um, but talking of metal, Dan, let's skip over. And we're not going to do any magazines today. Have we mentioned that? No. We're just going to catch up on a bit of music reviewing and talking. Uh, So, I
0: made an album. Senjutsu? Is that how you pronounce it? Why not? I like it. (laughs) I like it. Too much. It should have been a four-song EP for me. You sent me a
1: little bit of maths, Stan. So, you said you, you took a picture in Alprice, I presume... Our Price, did you go back in time? Was it HMV? I don't know. You sent me a picture of it costing 37 quid. Oh, that was in Asda. That was in Asda. Wow. Right. Okay. So £37 for this vinyl. And you did the maths and you said it's actually worth £5.80 if you're going on good songs. Sticking by this? Yeah. Financial fact? Mm Mm-hmm. So I listened to it for a second time. I made my mind up on, on release day. Didn't like it. <laughs> uh, and that, But I thought, no, come on. Four songs. Let's find them. And I found
0: one. I found Days of Future Past. I totally agree with you there. If that is the only song on this that would go on my Iron Maiden playlist of my all-time Iron Maiden songs, same as Book of Souls only had one song on it that I'll go back to. Oh, and that's really? uh, Book of Souls itself. Okay. I thought it sort of would have fitted in No Place
1: for the Dying. No prayer for the dying. What did you say? No place, no <laughs> prayer. Um, Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, are you sure it's no prayer? Yes, it was the fucking first Iron Maiden vinyl I bought. Who's coming out of a tree? That's Fear of the Dark. Got it. Stop getting Iron Maiden wrong. I th- it th- is the one, and when one I'm talking about the grave one, coming out of the grave.
0: Yeah, like, a, um, like he's punching out and he's grabbing an old man with a moustache by the throat. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, okay. So that other one, Bring Your Daughter to the Slaughter Realm, I'm thinking of. That's it. Right, okay, I know. i mixed up words, play some prayer. That's terrible. Um, okay, there we go. I Made a Noose, done. Good. Did you buy it yet?
0: <laughs> uh, I've got it on Apple Music. I wouldn't buy a hard copy of that shit. <laughs> Jesus. <Okay. laughs> I'm joking. Uh, I'm not buying it because it's fucking 37 quid good point. There's another little interesting fact, factoid, that I found out about this album. It was actually finished more than two years before its release and they were just waiting for the right time to release it. And no one except Steve Harris had a copy in case it got leaked. I couldn't tell,
1: because I've only listened to it on my phone, um, I couldn't tell whether it had been mastered this time around, because they've got a habit of not actually mastering the albums. They just mix it and put it out. Or they if they master it, they shove it through a let's pretend it's mastered bit of software and it comes out the other end and they just put it out. So, did, does it sound really highly produced?
0: Sounds like modern-day Iron Maiden. Yeah, sound well, nice no, but slick. that's
1: that's not that's not mastered, though. It, I find modern-day Maiden quite muddy. Yeah. Yeah, so it's similar. Too much bass. <laughs> it's always too much bass. Um, Aldous Harding. Now, this is my little contribution to the show... Um, Aldous Harding Old Pill is a new single I know that we haven't brought this up before but Daniel I asked you to listen to it it's folk indie folk maybe is that how you label this I guess I, I, I are you a fan no ok it's not for me is it it was never going to be um, this new track Old Pill it got me excited for the new record uh, her last album was my, my favourite thing that came out in the last couple of years. but really? saying Yeah, but saying that, Dan, I've listened to, like, ten albums in two years.
0: To me, it's like
1: she's singing like
0: this. <laughs> but in a lady's voice. Well, that's all right. Um, like, she's got no vocal chords in her nose. She is
1: playing the Barbican, doing two nights. She is from New Zealand. She lives in
0: Wales, in Cardiff. I wouldn't let her play my barbecue.
1: Uh, and... Um, She is playing a barbican, and I bought a ticket. I'm going to a concert. I'm a bit scared. It's not going to be
0: like windmills and
1: karate moves. It is all seated, and I've chosen a seat where we are completely away from everyone else, probably in front of a massive post, which is why (laughs) no one else has bought that ticket. But, yeah, so there we go. That's uh, Aldous Harding news. Hard-hitting news there. And now... Now, Dan, we're going to go on to my song of the uh, the, the last two years. It's by Limp Biscuit, and it's called Dad Vibes. Can you play a bit here? Check out your dad with the swag on the floor. Mama gone brag when I walk in the door. Y'all ain't never seen a gorilla in the midst. Walk a line so fine with a blindfold. Keep in mind, though. No-
0: See, for me that's nothing like I remember Limp Biscuit. Limp Biscuit is like even though like it might be a bit cheesy at least it's like full of pomp and bombast and it gets people bouncing and moving this is like Jeff Ammon from Pell Jam was told to help out Limp Bizkit oh. writing a song and he was like mm, I don't really know anything about rap so he picked up everybody <laughs> get tipsy thinking that's like up to date rap it and, is and he said just sing like this Fred Durst but he goes come on and there's that bit... La-dee-da!
1: Yeah, that's
0: ridiculous. Come on. la da Well, it's my favourite song that Limp Biscuit have ever made. I was listening to it on the way here just to get some more thoughts on it. And uh, what I think he needs to do is go back to $3 bill, you and listen to the song called Counterfeit, where he talks about people being fake. Oh,
1: that's my. That's what he's doing. Oh, my he word. He needs to
0: learn from his own lyrics. And to go back to that fucking first... Limp biscuit album, they were actually pretty brutal and raw and he's got an awesome like, screaming voice. You just sort of forget about it when everything like rolling, rolling, rolling and break stuff and all that came out and they became sort of like a jock party band.
1: But they've moved on. This this is called Dad Vibes. You know, he's and a he says dad fagging in it. it a lot. I don't know, is that is he actually saying that? I didn't want to read, look. Yeah, that is weird. If you saying that, that's
0: naughty. Dad's out the back with a fag in the back or something. I think maybe... He's sucking on a fag? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Which we know means cigarette in English, but that's not the traditional oh, American meaning of the, that word, is it? Dad
1: vibes lyrics. Let's see if it's my favourite song. Uh, got the sag in the back with a drip. Sag. Sag, is is backpack saggy.
0: No, it means like sag like the Indian food, sagaloo.
1: Ah, there you go, so it's a curry reference. Yeah, it must be. So there we were thinking it's a cigarette reference. Nope. See? Favourite song? Best song of the year so far. Uh, talking of bands doing their best ever songs, uh, what do you think of the new ghost? <laughs> well it
0: was the first new ghost song in two years. Also, we had the cover of Enter Sandman on the Metallica blacklist thing a couple of weeks back. I haven't heard that yet. No, no. Well, just that song. We haven't heard the whole thing. I've never heard Enter Sandman. How's it go? Now, 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 now.
1: The hunter's moon I'm headstone sister I'm dying to see you my friend Back in the old cemetery I'm dying to see you my
0: friend I actually set my alarm for this cuz it came out at 5 a.m in the morning Oh so my, my set, god oh my god me you wouldn't I wouldn't, correct. Right. What if it was Aldous Huxley's new band that you are just talking about and you'd listen to that, you'd wake yourself up? I will, I will, well, I stay awake because
1: everything comes out at midnight that I would listen to. Because you're like a spooky witch. Tell me about this hum, human moon, Hunter's Dawn,
0: what? Hunter's Chelsea. Hunter's Moon. Hunter's Moon. Hunter's moon. Ghost. Uh, it's the sound... Or it's on the soundtrack for a new Halloween film.
1: Halloween kills, as the end titles happen, big finale, boom boom, boom. What's this called? What's this called? Michael Myers is dead, probably until the <laughs> next one, and then bang, in comes Ghost, Hunter's Moon. Is it? Yep. Which that
0: fact. That's a fact. Okay, Doke. So I can just skip the shitty film and then... Unbelievable. I like it a lot. But for a ghost song, it's definitely in like the bottom fifty percent of their songs. Oh, Dan! It's not what I expect of them going forward. That's for sure. Uh, it feels like it was either a quick song that he banged out for the soundtrack. Could well be that, or some quick lyrics for that song, or he's changed some lyrics and it's stuff over left from the prequel album because the vibe of the some of the riffs is there. But sometimes it feels just like a bit pieced together. Right. Okay. The guys from the That's Not Metal
1: podcast, they said that it felt very sort of 80s, like horror movie soundtrack from the 80s, and that's what he was going for, and that's what he's achieved, and it, they don't think it's going to represent the albums no, going no. forward. No. But listen to it, first of all, I just thought, oh, that's all right. Uh, second listen in, I was like completely hooked. Definitely, as I say, monstrous, Monstrance Clock. Yep. is my favourite song until this one, except for the ABBA cover. We can't include that, though. So, and now it's this one, Hunter's Moon. Yeah? Yeah. Why not? Ghost. That's the ghost news. Every episode of Different Times Podcast has some ghost news. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to the album. Do you know what it's called yet? Okay. Does anyone know what it's called yet? Tobias Forge. Okay. (laughs) He's calling it that. Yep. Selfish. Right, Okay. (laughs) Uh, next, and this is the final bit of thing from me. So Daniel said, can you also please listen to Turnstyle?
0: Yeah, Turnstyle's last album was really good, like solid effort. Never proper, heard it. Proper old school hardcore. I don't think you would like it very much. You probably would prefer Down By Law. Wow. Oh, some old shit band. Right. Um, but this new one just takes it to the next fucking level in terms of songwriting Production and expanding beyond that sort of old-school, baney, hardcore-type sound? It's called Glow
1: On, and it came out a month ago. Yeah. Uh, I take it you got it straight away because you were already a fan of the band. And have you stopped
0: listening yet, or are you still regularly putting this one on? At least once a day. One of my journeys either to work or home from work will be this.
1: that good for you? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, it is my favourite album I've heard in maybe half a decade. Wow. I can't believe how good this
0: is. That's high praise coming from you, dude.
1: I listened to it once because you were coming round and I was like, oh, he's asked me to listen to this. Better put it on and just do my usual shitty, I don't like this song because of this. <laughs> I did think you would not like it. And then... I was like, oh, I've got another hour before he comes round. put it on again, hooked it up to the big stereo, was dancing around the house. Claire came in and <laughs> she was like, what is this? Uh, and we were both doing a little dance around the house. We fell in love straight away to this music. This is so good. Like everything is, I'll tell you what it reminds me of. It reminds me of when I heard Nevermind for the first time. And you just know that these songs are just going to grow and grow and grow. I'm three listens in, and I'm excited about the next time
0: I hear it. I can actually remember some of the names of the songs, which is very rare for me. Like, Holiday. Oh, man, Holiday. What a song. And my favourite, well, that was my favourite at first, but Fly Away, I think, is, like, one of the coolest songs ever written. It's just, it's got that, like, piano-y bit at the beginning, and normally you think, oh... Stupid piano bit at the beginning, just get it out of the yeah. way, and get into the first riff. But then they actually bring, and I like, it even clicked it just about a week ago. Suddenly I realized there's actually piano at the end, like building up uh, toward till it goes yeah, into that yeah. last riff again. I was like, wow, I hadn't even fucking noticed that. And it sort of ties in the piano from the beginning of the song and makes it seem a lot less like it's something that's just been stuck on there and the other bit that I absolutely love is the hand claps on holiday again something that until I really started listening to it I didn't click that it was there but it just gives it so much more presence and thought but what they're doing they're including samba rhythms they're including
1: like tripled quadrupled backing vocals uh, and things like that and like those, as you say those keyboard washes and stabs they're all over the place um, but it's never cheesy. That's the thing. Yeah. It's never like, oh, that's that's a bit great. And they've done that just to get that hook there, you know, to appeal to a mass audience. It's like they don't care. They just care about if that each other likes it. Like they're doing a little bit and they're looking to their band member and the band member's going, oh, <laughs> yeah, exactly love it. Right. I was giggling at certain bits in this, just going, oh, my God, you've done that. It makes me not want to bother being... Uh, a musician at all what's the point because like when someone
0: can do something so well oh man Mate, you've got to go on uh, youtube when you get time and just watch a couple of their live shows because they are completely mental and the singer i used to imagine he'd be like shaved head wearing a vest and like flexing uh-huh. his muscles sort of guy not that there's anything wrong with that but he's like got long sort of curly hair and was wearing like a flannel shirt well, it's funny you should say that, Dan. <laughs> you didn't turn
1: up yesterday to do the podcast, so I did just that last night. I went oh. on YouTube, and, yeah, I watched them a lot, to the point where Claire was Claire's just saying, oh, please, just turn this <laughs> off now. Yeah, I love them so much, and, yeah, if there are tickets available, I think we should go. Of course, I'm going to sit down. I can't remember where it is. So they I start... said about
0: a week ago. I
1: know, but I hadn't heard them a week ago. <sighs> How, I don't want to go to... I'm scared enough to go to a gig, let alone a hardcore gig. And I know they're not particularly hardcore. They're about as hard... Uh, they are to hardcore what Green Day at a punk. Do you know but, what I mean? Mm,
0: they've come up through the hardcore
1: scene. Oh, 100%. Like, and they call themselves a hardcore band. I think they're a hardcore band. I they're just know. pushing they the fucking boundaries. boundaries. Well, good. Thank God. Uh, I, I... Um, what was I going to say? Uh, the vocals. Perry Farrell. In places, definitely, which I really liked. Uh, I just thought if every song was better than the best Shelter song. It reminds me of Shelter as well. Yeah, I just thought, well, this is the best Shelter song I've ever heard. No, sorry, the next song on the album's a bit, and then Sensefield as well. Like there was a little bit of Sensefield, like when Sensefield got it all perfect. Again, this is like, yeah, well, we've just knocked that song out there. That that was like Sensefield at their best, and I, I'm I'm just jotting off these sort of 90s bands' names. But they're doing that and making everything modern, adding all these eclectic, weird bits. Not cheesy, as I said. I'm Thank you so much for saying, Paul, you've got to listen to this, because bloody fuck. Pretty good. Um, <laughs> so, I'd yeah, So sorry. I think they're doing a town and country club, which has sold out. So they're now doing the Roundhouse. Now, the Roundhouse is round, but at the top, I don't know if you've ever been there, uh, it's all sort of wood. It's a really old building, and it's all seating around the
0: top. That's where you want to sit, is it?
1: I'd like to, to go there and sit somewhere at the top
0: and there watch it. Bet. As soon as I get home, I'll go on the internet and get that.
1: I'll send you over some wedge. Nice. And that's it. That's the end of Different Times Podcast, because Daniel's put his, his little notes down. I didn't need notes for turnstile. It's burnt into my soul. Absolutely stunning. So... We've got from this episode, we've got Converge News. Shocker. Like what an episode this is. We've got Iron Maiden, one good song, shocker. <laughs> Aldous Harding, Daniel's not a fan, I'm shocked. Limp Biscuit, best song ever that Daniel's not very keen on. Hunter's Moon by Ghost, again.
0: The best thing they've ever done. Daniel does not agree. It's in the bottom 50%. And finally... Uh, Let's just clarify. The bottom 50% of Ghost is still better than most bands' top 25%.
1: So if you're thinking of Kiss's very best song...
0: this is better than... She Loves Me. (laughs) (laughs) By the Beatles. (laughs) What's the one? You Lad the Way. The Wheels
1: Roll. Uh, uh, Hang on. You really, that's Do You Love Me?
0: Do You Love Me? Wow.
1: You only know that because it was on the Nirvana compilation. So?
0: Unbelievable. I do you want to name another song, Kiss, then. It's better than Crazy Nights. That's the other Kiss song I know. So It's better than Love
1: Gun. Is Hunter's Moon by Ghost, is that better (laughs) than Love Gun? Yes. Oh, crikey. Uh, Although Love Gun's got a better intro. <laughs> Daniel any final words for this episode of Different Times Podcast
0: yeah if you're going to take one thing from today listen to the Turnstile album glow on <laughs>